Thank you so much for tuning in to our church podcast. You can go to atarapentecost.com for questions about services and how to donate. We pray that you are blessed by this message today. God bless. Praise the Lord. You may be seated. Why don't you, before you see it, why don't you say hi to someone you haven't said hi to yet? Just, just greet them. Just shake their hand. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. It is the most wonderful time of the year. Does everybody, does everybody feel that way? Just love Christmas? Maybe, maybe there's a few Grinches, maybe a few Scrooges, but for the most part, we love Christmas and all of the wonderful things that it brings. And um, there's so many wonderful aspects that I love. I love time with family. I like time to reminisce over the year, um, time to relax next to a fire and read a book. Anybody with me at Christmas time want to read a book and it's just quiet? Um, time to receive and give gifts. Anybody, is that their favorite part? Who loves that part, the gift part? Yeah, there we go. Some honest people. Time to drink hot cocoa after the first snowfall. Love it. Love it. Actually, when it snowed last week, I love the stillness of after a first snowfall. It's just quiet. It's so nice. Or maybe it's quiet at my house. I don't know. It might not be quiet at your house, <laughs> but if snow is usually quieter. Time to listen to Christmas carols and see Christmas lights. It's, it's a wonderful time of year. But the real wonder of Christmas is the truth is that it's that God of the universe chose to robe himself in human form, and his spirit overshadowed the Virgin Mary, and she conceived, and Jesus was born as a tiny ba- baby in a manger, a humble child who was Emmanuel, God with us. That is the wonder of Christmas. And the prophet Isaiah gave us a picture of what Jesus would be. And in Isaiah 9 and 6, he said, For unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulder, and his name shall be called Wonderful, Counselor, the Mighty God, the Everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. Of the increase of his government and peace, there shall be no end. Upon the throne of David and upon his kingdom, to order it and to establish it with judgment and with justice from the henceforth even forever. The zeal of the Lord of hosts will perform this. And I want to focus on just that first word, and it's the word wonderful. And I'd like to just talk about his name shall be called wonderful. And um, I was thinking about the word wonderful. I was looking it up in the Hebrew. And that adjective from Isaiah 9-6 comes from the Hebrew word pele, which means to wonder at anything extraordinary, anything that is hard to understand or to wonder at. It is to wonder at God's acts of judgment and redemption. It comes from the root word pala, which is described first in the Bible in Genesis 18-14, when the Lord speaks to Abraham after Sarah has laughed when the angels said that she would conceive and bear a son. And the Lord said to Abraham, he said, is anything 
too hard for the Lord? He said, is there anything too wonderful for the Lord to do? At the time appointed, I will return unto thee according to the time of life, and Sarah shall have a son. So I'm an English major, so I always have to go to the Oxford English Dictionary and look up the history of how the word wonder came into the English language. So it's actually been around since about 700 AD. Um, it was actually Old English, wundor. If you ever want to read Old English, it's extremely difficult. <laughs> but it's fun, and um, uh, aside from being a type of bread, it is the meaning of anything that causes astonishment or marvel. Actually, the Oxford English Dictionary has a whole segment on wonder bread, which I just didn't even think about. So, <laughs> But anyway, it comes from the word wonder, and it means anything that brings astonishment or marvel. And we still think of it today when we think about the seven wonders of the world. Has any, can anyone list the seven wonders of the world? Uh that's actually an honorary member of the Seven Wonders of the World. Taj Mahal in India is one. No. The Great Wall of China is another one. Which one did you say? No, not Babylon. No. The <laughs> it's not the Eiffel Tower, believably. Petra is the third. Chichen Petra in Jordan. Machu Picchu was one. <laughs> Chichen, Chichen Itza, the Mayan city of Mexico. What are the other ones? Christ the Redeemer in Brazil, Rio de Janeiro. The Colosseum in Rome and the Taj Mahal. That is the seven wonders of the world. They're things that we stand at and we are amazed at how these things could have come into being. They're so extraordinary. I've been to the uh, Petra, and you see this city carved out of rock, and you think, how did they do this hundreds and hundreds of years ago? It's almost too, it's unbelievable. It's hard to imagine. And I guess this whole idea of him being called wonderful, I started thinking about the wonder in my own life and the things that I still find wonderful. And unfortunately, we, we live in a day and age that is so busy, and it's so full of distractions, and information overload, that if we're not careful, we can lose the wonder of our lives. Uh, I was talking to my mother-in-law a couple weeks ago around Thanksgiving time. She came to the States for our niece being born. And she said, you know, sometimes I'll be driving in the car with my husband, and she goes, I'll say, oh, I wonder what so-and-so is doing. And his immediate response will be, well, let me call them. I'll check. And she said, actually, it's just nice to wonder <laughs> what they're doing. <laughs> you don't actually have to go check. <laughs> But have you ever been there where you go, oh, I wonder this or that? And then someone, the next thing you know, someone's on Google showing you what you were wondering about. Because the truth is, is that we don't wonder so much about things anymore because we have learned so much over time and so much in the 21st century that it's kind of hard to grasp those moments of wonder. Um, we can lose, if we're not careful, the wonder of Christmas, the wonder of the Lord coming and being born as a human baby. Today I was thinking about, man, this means that Jesus was a baby just like Finn with no speech, no ability to take care of himself. It's a very humble way to start life. We can lose the wonder of God and his creation. We can lose the wonder of Christ's birth and his salvation. I don't, I don't ever want to lose the wonder of Christmas, the true wonder of Christmas on on Sunday evening, I was speaking with my sister-in-law, Lace, and she said, I asked her and my brother, Zach, they're expecting a baby, 
And I said, well, have you found out his, its gender yet? And she goes, nope, we're not gonna find out. We just want to wonder. And I, I had to stop and think, it's true. There's so many things nowadays that are not left to our amazement or our astonishment. And in my own definition, wonder is anything that makes me still and anything that causes me to stop and consider the great magnitude or grandeur of something. I think the psalmist was so wise when he said in Psalm 46 and 10, be still and know that I am God. I will be exalted among the heathen. I will be exalted in the earth. Sometimes we just have to be still and wonder at the awe of God and how amazing he is. Sometimes I hear it in, in just very small things, like people laughing. It's so wonderful to hear people laughing together and smiling together and enjoying life together. So I wanted to do a little exercise with you. And um, I wanted to listen to a few sound clips with you and possibly uh, ask you what your thoughts are about them. So I'm going to have Ryan play the first sound clips. And while before you do, I want you to think of your first instinct when you heard, hear this sound. What's the feeling? What's the instinct that you get? <laughs> what, do you, what, did you, what was your immediate thoughts, feelings when you heard Christmas? It's like sleigh bells are the, the theme song of Christmas. Whenever I hear them, it almost it sounds like snow. And if I were to hear that sound any other time of the year, I would immediately think Christmas. I would immediately think family and friends and time together. And it's, it's, it's such a wonderful time of year. But let me, let me introduce you or show you one more sound that might be one of my favorite sounds in the world. Go ahead, the second one. <laughs> no, I'm sorry. It's, that's the sound that I think of in springtime when you wake up in the morning, right? What is it? Or maybe that might be the sound of the Amazon. But it reminded me of waking up in the, and when you hear the birds singing, you know that springtime is coming. And it, it reminds me that, that there's these, these parts of life that we, we're sometimes missing when we get so busy. Does that make sense? We're, we're kind of missing to stop and wonder about certain things. You know, the Bible says that God knows when one sparrow falls to the ground. So how he knows so much about what's going on in our lives. If we, if we were to take time to stop and to listen or stop and to be still, we'd be amazed at how the Lord is speaking to us in our day-to-day -day lives and how many wonderful things are available to us in our lives. So I'm going to do the third sound. Oh, that's okay. If it has trouble, that's fine. It might not work. We'll go to the fourth one. See if the fourth one works. Any beach bums here? Anyone love the beach? <laughs> no, don't like the beach. Don't like the beach. Awesome. That one might go on for a long time. Um, <laughs> Um, what does that make you feel? How does that make you feel? 
beach, summer. For me, I find the ocean not when you're in, in it in a storm, but like when you're at the beach and it's comforting. The sound of the waves, I feel like, are comforting. But, you know, when's the last time you wondered about how deep the ocean is? <laughs> Every time. I have a deep fear of the ocean, but today scientists know that on an average, the ocean is 2.3 miles deep. But many parts are much shallower or deeper. We don't even know. We just use sonar radiation, or it's not radiation, sonar <laughs> navigation to try and find out how deep the ocean is. It's amazing when you begin to wonder about our world and how the Lord has made it and what he's doing in it and kind of showing us his magnitude. Okay, I'm going to have you do number five. Oh, he's going to do number three. Okay, he's got one that will work. Camping, fire. How does that make you feel? <laughs> How many of you like the fireplace? It's your place. Yes, it's comforting. It's warm. Sometimes it's just it's so nice to be by a fire. It's, it's wonderful. It's, it's warmth. It reminds us of coziness and times. Um, Times of relaxation, really. Um, okay, number five. <laughs> there you go. Comedian show. Laughing, right? When's the last time? Can you think back? When is the last time you laughed so hard you couldn't stop? You know those times? When you were at the Christmas tree with Mickey Mouse? <laughs> You know, it's, it's those moments, you know, that we, we really that make our life so full and so full of what I would say joy and wonder. Okay, this is one that I, I love. Hopefully, number six. <laughs> Janelle and Ryan know this noise well. Um, what, do you remember the first time you held your baby in your arms for the first time? Or the first time you held your grandbaby? Do you remember it? Were, were you checking your phone? Were you, were you looking down at your phone? Or did you hold the baby in your arms and just, just stare at how wonderful and amazing this creature, this baby was? Creature. <laughs> Maybe. I don't know. But, you know, you stand in awe. You know, I watched a video one time. You know, scientists are trying to still figure out how babies are formed in the womb. And I believe it's at like six months along. There's some reason they don't even know, but the slit in the eyelid is formed. And they don't even know how. It's almost like someone got a tiny little razor and just slit their eyelid. But you're, you, <laughs> it sounds graphic, but it's really not. <laughs> it's not, but it's amazing. The Lord, he's formed us right in our mother's womb. It's incredible. It is wonderful if we stop and begin to think about it. So the last one, the last one, I'm going to have you just place your hand right over your heart, and we're going to listen to the last one. Heart beating. When's the last time you, you stopped and thought about your heartbeat? Recently? Your heart, <laughs> they're like, nope, I haven't thought about it recently. But your heart is one of the most incredible, wonderful things on this planet. Your heart is a pump that keeps blood moving through your body. It works 24 hours a day to keep you alive. Your heart is a muscle about the size of a fist. It is in the middle of your chest. Each day, your heart beats about 115,000 times without you even recognizing it. It pumps about 23,000 liters. That's 5,000 gallons of blood around your body daily. 
And during an average lifetime, the human heart will beat more than 3 billion times, pumping an amount of blood that equals about 1 million barrels. The blood delivers oxygen and nutrients to all parts of your body and carries away unwanted carbon dioxide and waste products. We are wonderfully made, fearfully and wonderfully made. You know, there's a quote that I heard by St. Augustine that has stuck with me for ages. It says, men go abroad to wonder at the heights of mountains, at the huge waves of the sea, at the long courses of the river, at the vast compass of the ocean, at the circular motions of the stars, and they pass by themselves without wondering. And it's so true. We forget sometimes that the life that we live is such a gift and that God has us here for a reason and for a purpose. And part of why we're here is to find that out and to fulfill it. I have a Christmas tradition, and that is that every New Year's Eve, I watch the 1946 film, It's a Wonderful Life. It is my favorite Christmas film. And um, I've been reading all sorts of facts about this film this week, um, starring Jimmy Stewart and Donna Reed. Has anyone not seen It's a Wonderful Life? Oh. I know you probably look at it and think it's too old, but I, I, it's actually considered one of the greatest films of all time. I know. I know. <laughs> no, you'll have to take a point and watch it someday if you have time. But it follows the storyline of the man George Bailey, a man overwhelmed by family obligations and a sense of responsibility to his community. But on Christmas Eve, George Bailey becomes so distraught that he considers taking his own life and wishing that he had never been born. In answer to his prayer, an angel named Clarence gives George the opportunity to see what the world would look like if his wish came true and he had never been born. And throughout the series of the film, but I'm not going to give it away, everything that happens, but it gives us an opportunity to wonder what impact our own life is making in the world and what it would be like if we were not here. And although the film can be kind of, um, how do you say it, serious at times, it is such a wonderful reminder of the life that we have and our, our um, opportunities to see the wonder in life. And I think that's why I appreciate the film so much is it always makes me stop and think and wonder. That's one of the reasons why I love the film, not just because it's a really great film, but also because it, it makes me consider my life and it makes me consider the things that I love most and I care about most. And so that goes me to the, or leads me to the Christmas story. And I was thinking about that film and I thought, what would the world be like if Jesus had never been born? What would our world be like if we never had a Savior, if we never had someone who died on a cross for us? He really is the reason why there is anything good in our world today. It's because of Jesus and because of him coming to this world. There's so much to marvel at in the Christmas story, and I want to read just a portion of the Christmas story tonight, and I, I challenge you to consider the wonder of it all. So in Luke chapter 2, verses 1 through 20 is what I'm going to be reading. It says, And it came to pass in those days that there went out a decree from Caesar Augustus that all the world should be taxed. We know how that feels. And this taxing was first made when Cyrenius was governor of Syria. And all went to be taxed, everyone into his own city. And Joseph also went up from Galilee, out of the city of Nazareth, into Judea, unto the city of David, which is called Bethlehem, because he was of the house and lineage of David, 
to be taxed with Mary, his espoused wife, being great with child. And so it was that while they were there, the days were accomplished that she should be delivered. And she brought forth her firstborn son and wrapped him in swaddling clothes and laid him in a manger because there was no room for them in the inn. And there were in the same country shepherds abiding in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. And lo, the angel of the Lord came upon them, and the glory of the Lord shone round about them, and they were afraid, sore afraid. And the angel said unto them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which shall be to all people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. And this shall be a sign unto you. You shall find the babe wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace, goodwill toward men. And it came to pass, as the angels were gone away from them into the heaven, the shepherds said one to another, Let us now go even unto Bethlehem and see this thing which is come to pass, which the Lord hath made known unto us. And they came with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the babe lying in a manger. And when they had seen it, they made known abroad the saying which is told them concerning this child. And all they that heard it wondered at those things which were told them by the shepherds. But Mary kept all these things and pondered them in her heart. And the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all the things that they had heard and seen. And it was told unto them. I love that verse, verse 18, that says they, they wondered at all that was taking place because the Messiah had finally come. There was finally an answer to all of their sorrow, to all of their pain. And, you know, there is coming a day for us, too, that we can continue to wonder about, that the Lord is coming back again. And we're going to wonder about the, the beauty of heaven. You know, the other day I, I just woke up and, and heaven came to mind. And I just began to wonder what it will be like. Wonder, I mean, what the millennial reign is going to be like. Wonder what eternity is going to be like. And um, C.S. Lewis said, I always keep two days in mind, this day and that day. And that has stayed with me for a long time. But we serve a wonderful God, and he is full of wonder. Have you stopped and wondered about his majesty today? Have you, will you stop and wonder about his majesty on Christmas Day and that he came to save you and I? Have you ever wondered what the world would be like if he did not come, if Christ had not been born? We should stop and consider it. We should stop and consider what our world would be like without the joy of Christmas, without the light of Christ. Do you ever wonder what your life would be like if you had never heard the gospel? Do you wonder where you would be at today if you'd never heard the gospel? It's an amazing thing to wonder about how the Lord has transformed our lives and changed our lives. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to close shortly with Psalm 8. And it just says, Lord, our Lord, how excellent is thy name in all the earth. Who has set thy glory above the heavens? Out of the mouth of babes and sucklings hast thou ordained strength because of thine enemies, that thou mightest still the enemy and the avenger. When I consider thy heavens, the work of thy fingers, the moon and the stars which thou hast ordained, what is man that thou art mindful of him? and the Son of Man, that thou hast visited him. For thou hast made him a little lower than the angels, and hast crowned him with glory and honor. Thou madest him to have dominion over the works of thy hands. Thou hast put all things under his feet, 
all sheep and oxen, yea, and the beasts of the field, the fowl of the air, and the fish of the sea, and whatsoever passeth through the paths of the seas. O Lord, our Lord, how excellent is thy name in all the earth. And so um, I know it's short tonight, but I hope that just through the next few days, you, you really have opportunities. I know it's busy. You probably have family get-togethers and Christmas and packing and presents and all the wonderful things that we love about Christmas. But don't, don't miss the opportunity to stop and wonder at our God and wonder about how great he is and how awesome he is and how many blessings and beautiful things he has given in our lives because we do really have a wonderful life in the Lord. So why don't we all stand the night and hopefully you have some extra time to clean young people and some extra time to fellowship in the Lord. But why don't we just take a few, just a few moments to, to just honor the Lord tonight and to tell him how wonderful he is and how thankful we are for this Christmas season and what he has done for us. Lord, we honor you tonight, God. We raise our voices, Lord. We, we clap our hands, Jesus. We give you honor, Lord, for you are a wonderful God. We're so thankful, Lord, that you came, Lord Jesus, to give us, God, salvation, to give us joy and peace, Lord. Lord. Thank you, God, for coming and robing yourself in human form and to be a small baby, Lord Jesus. We magnify you tonight and we thank you. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you so much for being here tonight. We hope you have a merry, merry Christmas.